Michelle Pelazon, your host and the head witch in charge, and the CEO and founder of Holisticism. I feel like I never say that. And in case you're like, what's a head witch do? <laughs> she pays the bills. I am delighted that you're here listening to this episode. Thanks for tuning in to the 12th House podcast, where we talk about wellness, well-being, mysticism, spirituality, and how to be an intuitive person navigating this world, whether it's, you know running a business or being in relationship or, I don't know, self-actualizing, <laughs> collapsing timelines, all this stuff. Delighted that you're here with us this week. We are in our second episode of a little mini series we're doing on people who are in the wellness industry, but not of the wellness industry. And I know that that sounds like kind of bitchy when I say it that way, but but I actually mean it in like the highest as a compliment, because I kind of feel like that. <laughs> That's not why I think it's a compliment, but I relate to many of the people that we've talked to for this series. Last week, we spoke to Jessica Defino, who's an incredible beauty writer. I would say she's a beauty theorist about the beauty industry and standard and wellness industry and how they're actually like totally giving us mixed messages. You guys loved that episode. If you didn't get to catch it, go listen to it. <laughs> I think you're really going to like it. And this week, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Katie Horwich of WantCast. Katie's podcast, The WantCast, Women Against Negative Talk, was, I think, like one of the very first podcasts that I just like binge listened to all of the episodes. And I remember being like, I have this vivid sense of memory of being on a plane and listening to all of the episodes like in one fell swoop. I feel like I must have been going from New York to LA or vice versa. And being like, wow, she knows what she's doing. Like this woman is brave. Like she's talking about, I could never have people listen to me talk. Oh, little Pelazon. I could never like that. Wow. She's so cool and brave. And like, she just, she cares. She cares about what she's talking about. This isn't just like some, I don't know, boring wellness influencer podcast where they're not talking about anything really. She really is like going in on ideas and concepts that and grappling with them and changing her mind about them. And I just thought that that was really cool. I've been a fan ever since. And we talk about it actually in this episode that Katie's really run her podcast and her career on her own terms. She didn't like run a normal quote unquote podcast cadence. She didn't like approach her business and what she does with this, like, there's a right way to do it. She really has modeled from the beginning, as long as I've been following her, that you should follow your gut and that there's nothing wrong with changing your mind and listening, actively listening to what's correct and what feels correct and what, what also doesn't feel correct. And I really admire that. You know, one of my fears is always being flaky <laughs> and I don't want to be flaky. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Maybe it's an ADHD thing of, you know, your or squiggly brain thing or intuitive person thing or creative person thing where you just get so excited by so much, right? And you have these big, beautiful, expansive ideas and like they get, they are good ideas <laughs> and you can like map them all out in your brain and like see the vision of how amazing they're going to be when you actually accomplish that goal or task. And then you, you write it down and you promptly forget about it. <laughs> Unless you have a great system, which like, if you, that sounds like you, if you're raising your hand here, feeling like you're getting dragged to filth, you you should probably take our systems class, Notion for Magical Baddies, because that actually is like so helpful. But for many of us with squiggly brains, ADHD, creative, intuitive, I don't know, probably some Gemini energy, changing your mind or like not following through on what you said you were going to do, even if it's for a good reason, can feel like death, right? And it can be really paralyzing. And I don't know about you, but for me, the fear of maybe not being able to fulfill what I said I was going to do has stopped me from doing so many things, or it had stopped me for a really long time. I basically said, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try this thing that is exciting to me because, well, what if I can't do it? And like, I probably can't because I know that I have these big ideas and I don't follow through on them. And I don't want to be viewed as a flaky person. I'd rather be viewed as a boring person than a flaky person because at least boring people are consistent. Oh, ouch. <laughs> so anyways, long story short, if that's you, my friend, let me just tell you that that doesn't have to be your life. <laughs> I, like I, I resonate with you fully and 
the cool thing is once you actually just have systems to support you and your brain and your gigantic ideas that help you take action towards them or, or put them in a place where you can store those ideas until you're better resourced to take them on. So you don't feel like a total failure all the time (laughs) for not following through on things. That's possible. You just need to build a system for yourself. And we talk about that in Notion for Magical Baddies, systems and spells. But also like this idea that you, you also can change your mind. You know, you can start something and say, I'm going to put out a YouTube show every week and then decide, you know what? Actually, that was very, that did not take into consideration how much effort goes into making a YouTube show every week. So maybe I'm just going to do a season or, you know what? Maybe this isn't actually feeling that good and I can change my mind about whether I want to do it or not. And that's not like a judgment on me. And I just think that Katie is existence and the way that she moves to the world gives a lot of people permission to be themselves. And I'm really grateful for people like that. And speaking of wellness industry insiders who are in the wellness industry, but not of the wellness industry, I feel like Katie is such a perfect representation of that. And what I mean is, you know, feeling like you care so deeply about health and well-being and spirituality and self-actualization for yourself and for the world. And also, feeling like, oh my God, I so do, so do not fit in with this world that like wants to commoditize adaptogens and <laughs> zero waste and spirituality. And, and, and also I live in capitalism and these things are frustrating to me. And how can I do all the stuff? Like, gosh, sometimes I get so burnt out with being in wellness that I just like don't even want to be in it anymore. But I also know that it's like one of the things that brings me the most joy. <laughs> And that can be so frustrating that playing the game of what it means to be in this world and to be influential in this world or, you know, have a company or business or brand in this world can feel when you see what goes on in in the background can actually feel really antithetical to everything that you stand for. It's enough to make you, or let me just speak from the eye, it's enough to make me often feel like, ugh, I don't even want to be associated with this these people in this industry. And then you meet wonderful people like Katie and Jessica and the rest of the guests in this little mini series that we're doing. And you realize that there are a lot of people who are like you, a lot of people who like care about this stuff and who also get frustrated by it and who also have elements of it that they absolutely love. And, you know, like I love a good tarot deck and candle and incense burner as next as, as much as the next person. So how do we move through all of that, all of those conflicting feelings and still stay true to ourselves and these things that we love and, and what our sacred work is ultimately. So that's what we talk about in today's episode. That was a really long intro, but we've landed that plane. So I hope that you enjoy it. I can't wait to hear what you think. And without further ado, here's the episode. Hi, Katie. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so excited to have you on the 12th House podcast. I was letting you know, and now I'll let everyone listening know that you and the Wantcast were like one of the very first podcasts in the wellness space that I actually subscribed to. And I think that you have survived multiple ruthless editings of my podcast library, but yours has remained on my shelf. So I'm- Oh my gosh, that is- I am so honored to hear that. (laughs) Truly, truly. You've really been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I've been, so I've been podcasting since 2015, late 2015, which is wild. It's like, it feels like I should be saying, oh yeah, I've been doing it for three years. I think that part of the reason for me in particular, it feels like a short amount of time. A, just my relationship to time is all over the place anyway. And B, when I started out, I had a full-time job that, I mean, you live in LA, so you know, you know, the whole spiel about commuting in LA and especially going from East side to West side. I had a full-time job that I was working. I was living East side, working West side. And Uh. so the amount of time that I had to, and I'm also someone who, who, loves and values and prioritizes sleep. Mm. So the amount of time that I had to produce a podcast, it was like, I cannot be doing this every <laughs> single week because I don't have, I'm, I'm not at the capacity right now to be able to do that. Yeah. So I started by publishing once every three weeks. Like yeah. that's just what felt good to me. And then I did every other week and over the years, it's like, it's, I've changed the frequency, but I've always done 
what feels right to me. So it feels like, like a part of me is like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for so long. And then there's a part of me that's like, oh yeah, like you're just getting started. Yeah. Okay. So what you just said, I think perfectly sums up why I admire you so much because you are really intentional and deliberate with your actions. And it seems like you really know what you need to feel supported. And you're not just like doing shit because everyone else says you have to do it a certain way. You're not like, yeah, I got to put a podcast out every week because that's the way that you grow a podcast. And that energy comes through so clearly just as a sort of like longtime listener and, and viewer. I never felt like, oh, Katie must be slacking or, or Katie's busy and that's why she hasn't been posting <laughs> or anything like that, you know, which we can like sometimes that's so human and that's normal and there's nothing wrong with that. But we sometimes pick that up when we're taking in content, especially content that's self-produced. It's always felt like you are so deliberate and clear in your action. And that I think is a, a rarity, to be honest with you, with intuitive people who sort of like operate in the space, especially in the space of wellness. Have you always been like yeah. that? Well, thank you. First of all, that truly means a lot to me. I think one of the biggest compliments that I can get or that I I feel like I want to give to others is that people are so holy themselves and that mm-hmm. it feels like they they know themselves so well and they they honor that the person who they are. So thank you for that. And I feel like I have always been that way. I have and I haven't. I've always been that way at my core. That's mm-hmm. been my impulse sometimes to my detriment because Mm. I definitely was (laughs) the type of kid and teenager that like if I discovered a band that nobody else knew and then they got popular I was like mad that they got popular yes oh my gosh I've totally been there before where you're like god damn it now I can't like these people because everyone else likes them (laughs) right it's like you know I really like them still and and also I'm happy for their success because I realize especially as an artist like it's so hard it's so hard to break through and get to you know a massive amount of people so there was that in conflict with like this this deep desire to I guess, honor my uniqueness. So I think that when it's worked to my detriment, it's been in instances, I mean, that's kind of a a lighthearted one, but in instances where I felt like I had to do a certain thing or gain like uniqueness validation Mm -hmm. from something else or from someone else. Mm -hmm. I, I was on a call the other day with my my friend, she's incredible. And we were talking about tarot a a smidge bit before we started recording. And she Mm. is just like incredible, incredible tarot reader. And her name's Dr. Carrie Coley Murchison. And she, she and I were on a call and we were doing some tarot the other day. And she said to me, Katie, you're a North star. Like just be a North star. You're not meant to be a part of a constellation. You're not meant to like do all of these other things that the other stars do. You're not a shooting star. Like (laughs) this is what you are. So Mm. just be this, this person. And that, I mean, this was, you know, a week ago. So that even like just getting that constant reminder from friends, from the universe, from things that I, I, I do or listen to or encounter that Mm -hmm. I am just, I am here to be as me as I can be helps me stay on that path of, you know what the right choice is for you. Mm -hmm. You know what you know, and you know what you don't know. So just move forward with that sort of like knowing and unknowing without, without putting pressure on yourself to do things that would get you ahead faster or that would maybe make you, you know, talk about the online space more visible yeah. or get you to the goals. Cause I'm a very goal oriented person. Like the steps that would get you to the goals that you say you want. There have been many times in my life where I have had specific goals and I've been told that 
here's the big laundry list of things that you need to do, like mm-hmm. the formula to get yes. to your goals. And I've had that deep feeling of this isn't it. This just isn't it. Not that it's not it for other people, but it's not mm-hmm. it for me. And so I think that whenever I, I work against that, mm-hmm. that's when I run into trouble. And mm-hmm. that's when things things start to unravel in a in a bad way. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And we were talking before this about how similar we are, both INFJs, both Enneagram fours. And I feel like you probably have some rebel archetype in you too, which Mm -hmm. goes along with those. And the the four in Enneagram is like the the thing is being unique, right? It's like Mm -hmm. this creative, sensitive, I don't want to be like everyone else. I want to be like the most dimensional version of me. My, I want to be the North star, right? I don't want to be a carbon copy of everyone else. And yeah, our rebel, our inner rebel can be like sort of sabotage us (laughs) on the path there. So how do you, cause this for me is like so hard sometimes as a person and an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and also as an intuitive person, when Mm -hmm. someone tells me like, this is the way to do it. Sometimes I'm just like, just because you're telling me there's a way to do it, I'm going to try and do the opposite. Even if I like don't need to, how do you, how do you not just like be an asshole rebel (laughs) just for like the sake of being an asshole rebel? Like how do you pick and choose your battles? Like tell me a story about a time where you, you were like, this isn't right. Or this doesn't feel in alignment for me. And I'm going to go in another direction versus, I don't want to have to follow the instructions everyone else follows, but I know this is the right path. Mm, Okay. So here's a story for you. So I grew up doing theater and I did it throughout college and I was in the entertainment industry as an actor and primarily as a musical theater performer for the beginning part of my twenties. And then I started to pivot away and I pivoted towards fitness and why that happened in that period of time is that, you know, I'd always heard about in the entertainment industry that like rejection was so tough and going on auditions and hearing like what you are, what you aren't, all that stuff that never got to me mm-hmm. because I understood. I also growing up in LA and being surrounded by it, yeah. I think this probably pay, played a part in it. It, it. I understood the game of it. So I I, there was an acceptance there, whether I liked it or didn't like it, it was sort of irrelevant. I was like, okay, this is, this is part of the industry. It's fine. Right. So the rejection never got to me and I was booking stuff. I was booking theater commercials, TV. And I got to a point where I realized that I would be on set and I was like looking at not my phone at the time because we didn't have smartphones. I was like, well, looking at my watch and counting down the minutes till the shoot was over. And I remember having this feeling of like, there are people who are busting ass every single day who would, who crave this position like, that I'm who, in. Who would like sell their mother to be in the position that you're exactly, in. Exactly. <laughs> right. They would like name their firstborn child after the Truly. casting director to get that, you know, that one like regional or national commercial right. or whatever. Right. And I was also, I was having more fun, like hanging out with the, like the makeup artists. And uh-huh. I just wanted to stay in like the makeup trailer and just <laughs> listen to, to music with them and make jokes. And that was the first time that I was like, Ooh, something is not right here where I had a specific moment. And that started to happen when I also, when I got certified to teach fitness and I got certified when I was in my last year of college. And honestly, like so much of it was from a selfish place of like, I went, you're, you're a musical theater person too, right? I was a dancer. Yeah. I cannot sing or talk in front of people. So I was like, I will express myself through movement, but do not make me talk in front of people. Yes. Cool. I'm a singer and actor. So between us, we're, we're a (laughs) a whole person. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So I went to, I went to a a spin class or indoor cycling class And I remember the instructor, like, I'm sure it was great for other people. And this is back in like 2006, 2007. She was playing musical, like house club remixes of 
musical theater songs. It was like, <laughs> so it was like Heather Headley singing an Aida with like this awful, like thumping backing track and like synth guitars. And I was like, this is not right. This is just not right. And I can create a better experience than this. And so I was yes. like, I'm going to get certified and I'm going to, I'm going to create a better experience. And I'm going to get hired by this, yeah. by this brand. And I, I ended up getting hired by the brand, which was super cool. Look at um, her. But at the same time, I realized that being on that type of stage, that is what felt right to me at the time because I wasn't playing a character and I wasn't in a role. I was being myself. Like I never mm. liked losing myself in a character. I liked finding myself and being able to express more of myself. So mm. be to be able to do that through fitness when I was, you know, 21, 22, that was like a revelation after being in drama school for the last four years where right. it was all about character study all about getting into the psychology of someone else I was like no 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 I want to get into the psychology of me and <laughs> yeah. of in the environment that I am around yeah. and around that same time I will never forget it there was someone like a, a close like family friend in my life and they said they said to my parents and my parents have always been so incredibly supportive, which like just a side note, they never, it was such a gift growing up for them to be like, Katie doesn't need a plan B. Like we're not going to wow. make her get that just gave a, me chills. Like a wow. double major or something. Yeah. Like a lot of performers, like their parents yeah. are like, well, you know, like make sure you have your backup plan. And yeah. my parents were always so trusting. They're like, Katie is smart. Katie is talented. If this acting thing doesn't work out, she will figure it out. But they yeah. never sold me short. And so I remember hearing that this, this family friend said to my parents, like, well, why doesn't Katie get a job at, at an agency, like working the front desk or the mailroom? And they were like, because she doesn't want to do that. And then, which was repeated to me, is the friend said, so is she just, what, is she just going to be the fitness lady for the rest of her life? <laughs> and, and my parents were like, I don't know, maybe like good on them. Yeah, seriously. Your parents are awesome. They're, they're pretty incredible. And I remember hearing that and just feeling like, like that was such a clear moment of like either or like you either get mm -hmm. a job and check off the boxes of what you're supposed to do to mm -hmm. get to the place that you apparently want to be in your mm -hmm. career or you're quote unquote, just this other thing mm -hmm. forever, which also the concept of like being one thing forever that you decide that you are when you're like 21, 22, 23. I mean, it is just, it's such a boomer perspective. I mean, like not to be derogatory towards people who are older than us, but like, that is so such an old paradigm of like, you pick this one thing and then this is what you do until you retire and you get a pension. It's like, no, mm -hmm. people don't stay in jobs for longer than two years anymore. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's actually like, how you experience life. And it's kind of cool, actually, if you think about it, but yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, did I that make you like furious if it, I mean, let me just, Oh, I, I mean, cried for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been my unevolved self would have been like, Oh yeah. You think I'm just going to be the fitness lady brother. I'm just going to double down on that shit. I'm going to be the best fucking fitness person ever and do that until I'm even bored with it just to prove you wrong. That was right. like, my perspective for so much of my twenties was I'm going to prove what you think about me is wrong. And so much of my motivation came from that sort mm. of like that perspective. And I got a lot yeah. done, but it also meant that I abandoned myself often. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there've definitely been times in my life where I'm like, I've kind of wished that I was that person. Like I've wished <laughs> that I'm the prove it wrong type of person, but I feel like I am my own, and I feel like this is true for a lot of us, but I am my own biggest critic and my own biggest accountability buddy. And mm. I 
have found that I'm not particularly motivated by proving people wrong or by a lot of people, like they have a fear of failure. I am more, I'm more motivated by doing the thing that I said I was going to do Mm. and working through my fears of success. Like, okay, you get this thing, then what? Yes. Okay. I thought what your family friend was going to say is, well, if she's not willing to do that, then she must not really want it. If she's not willing to go be a receptionist or put herself in the situation. I think that was, that was the subtext there. Yeah. And I think that can be a sort of tricky territory to navigate within ourselves, right? Am Mm -hmm. I avoiding this thing because that is the way everyone says you have to do it because I'm a rebel and I don't want to do it the way everyone else does it? Or is it because I'm actually really afraid of what will happen or how my identity will change if I get what I say that I want, if I come to the end of this journey, or I actually reach that goal and maybe I'm unfulfilled or it's like not as cool as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you figure it like discern between those two things for yourself? Yeah. I think that I learned, I learned that aspect about myself, the fear of success. I learned it pretty early on. This is maybe embarrassing or not, or just I doubt it will be neutral. Um, it was actually from a quiz in the Oprah magazine. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. (laughs) In like in like 2000, it was really early on when the magazine first started, and my mom would buy them and I would borrow them, but then never (laughs) give them back. I would borrow them when she got them. And I remember there was this quiz that was probably like, you know, not meant for 17 year probably, old or 18 yeah, year old. And probably like the last page that was like of the whole magazine, like six questions long or something like that. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> this was not, this was not like a, a deep dive into my psyche. <laughs> However, like the answer but... that I got is like, I think the, the quiz was something like, like what really holds you back in life? Mm-hmm. And the answer that I got overwhelmingly was fear of success. And it was this feeling that like, oh shit, like, yes, that is me. Yes. This might be a floofy quiz in a, you know, in a women's magazine, but this is me. Like this actually called me out. And so I think that that knowledge helped me discern pretty early on if I was doing things or opting out of things because of alignment or fear of like what happens next. And something Mm -hmm. that I always ask myself is, do I want to do it because I actually want to do it? Or do I want to do it because I want to know that I can? And sometimes that's valuable, right? It's valuable to just know that we can do something. Mm -hmm. And if we hate it, we hate it. If we don't follow through with it, we don't follow through. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's sometimes nice to just, know that we have that, that capability in us, you know, because like from the fitness perspective, like just because you can lift a certain amount, like it's nice to know that Mm -hmm. if you needed to lift a car off your child, it's exactly what I was going to say, like push a car out of the way. Like, it's nice to know that you can do it. Like, yeah do I, is that something that I'm like, I'm, is that like I'm what we're actively out? training for? I don't no. know. <laughs> so I think that that has really helped me keep myself in check to keep asking myself, like, do you want this because you want it or because you want to know that you can do it and not, not mm-hmm. getting angry at myself or, or thinking that it's, it's lesser than if I come to the answer, if you just want to know that you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like at, we're fi- we're trying to find our edges, right? Like mm-hmm. as human beings, I'm feeling into a lot the idea of like we're just here to like experience and I, as much as we possibly can, right? Like and hold all of our identities and not be one thing or another, but be all things. I'm like obsessed with this idea of the God wound. Do you know what that is? No, I know the mother wound, but I don't know the God wound. Okay, so this is gonna. This is going to make me sound wild, but stay with me. So the God wound is the idea that God, source, whatever you want to call it, wanted to witness itself and was the only thing in the universe. 
And in order to witness itself, because it did not have a mirror, it needed to separate itself. And we are God, we are source, trying to witness source, trying to see source. And that's what we're always coming back to is looking for our reflection, trying to witness ourselves and all of that dimension and beauty and divinity. And I think that's kind of like what we're trying to do as people and like on that kick lately. And I think finding our edges, right, helps us see and like hold our identity of like, ah, right, that's what I can do. Like this actually is my edge or this is what I'm capable of or or actually not capable of. And it helps define us in a way that like Mm -hmm. we can kind of witness ourselves more clearly. Oh, I love that so much. And I, I think it's also to that point, it's valuable to be around people who are also finding their edges and whether that's in person or, you know, online or social media, not to say that everybody has to share everything all the time, because I'm definitely not a proponent of that. I prescribe to, I believe it was the, it's a Brene Brown thing, or maybe it's Elizabeth Gilbert who says, I, I share what is personal, not what is intimate and intimate feels like super close to the heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And personal, I feel like there's a little, like a little sliver of non-attachment that Mm. that's been sort of mixed into the, the secret sauce of that. So I'm not saying that everyone should share everything all the time, but it's nice to see people living their lives and finding their edges and also like not, I don't know, turning every single edge they find into a business, like just, (laughs) just like doing things because it brings them joy or because they're curious. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people I've been over the pandemic. I started doing voice lessons again, because I was just like, Oh, this is interesting that this is something that I want to do right now. And I feel called to do. And I was like, just going to post some snippets on like my stories on Instagram. And again, it felt if I, if that had been me and I was 21, like it would have definitely felt intimate, but at this point it like, it feels personal, not intimate. So I feel like "Hmm, I'm not doing it. I know I'm not doing it for validation. I know I'm not doing it for anything to just be like, Hey, this is a thing I'm doing and theater is closed down right now. So I'm obviously not doing anything (laughs) with it. I'm not like trying to get a job here. (laughs) Right. Like there are no jobs going on. And I've gotten so many, not just like DMS from people who, who, who follow me, who I might not know in person, but like actual, like close friends of mine who Mm. have said, who know me and know that this is a part, like they've heard me sing before. They know this side of me. And they've said to me, like, it is so, thank you so much for posting these, like sharing parts of your voice lesson with us. It's so incredible to see someone doing something just for the joy of it. And And I can see how joyful it is Mm. for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we don't show each other our joy enough, our just purely joyful moments, our fun moments, our playful moments. Many times, many of us can think it has to be a part of this bigger bigger equation, this bigger strategy, this bigger thing that you're being consistent with. And really it's like, if you're being consistent with yourself, you're being consistent, period. That's it. Yeah. That's, I started taking piano lessons over the pandemic. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I've never played, I've never played an (gasps) instrument before because I was a professional dancer. So like that wasn't my jam. There were only so many hours in the day, right? My parents were like, you can pick one activity. And it's been so fun and I'm so bad at it, but it's so, it's, it like truly was a lifesaver. And and I'm looking at my piano right now and just like to not have to be good at it because I need to monetize it or like make it an identity marker, but just Mm -hmm. because like, it's a way to express myself and be more myself has been like so cool. And yeah. 
and, and freeing. And I think that you're exactly right. We don't like, we don't give ourselves that, like those little, even like moments of silly joy, like yeah, just being able to play and be bad. I mean, like our failure tolerance as people, it gets so low as mm-hmm. we get older and we discover what we're good at and what people applaud us for that we stop sort of like, I think maybe reaching for those edges, right. Or trying yeah. things that we aren't going to be naturally gifted at. And part of that is discernment, right. Of like knowing what you're good at and just knowing how to invest your energy. But yeah, like investigating whether we need to be, I don't know, so directed with our energy all the time. It can feel like, ugh, do I need to be productive conscious yeah. all the time? Maybe, Or do not. I need to add value? Not, yes, not that's I, it. I, I think that it's, you know, I, I, I don't want to say to anyone, like, don't like, like, d- like take value away from, yeah. like, don't take value away from the situation, <laughs> but like, you don't, we're, we're not just here to be value adds to mm-hmm. one another. And I think that that can happen very naturally just to, for full transparency. And I haven't said this anywhere on social media. I probably won't. So the people who listen to this podcast are going to be secrets, <laughs> which I am like, I'm so bad at keeping my own secrets. I will say I am, you tell me a secret. My mind is a lockbox. I am a vault. I am the best secret keeper except for when it comes to my own secrets. <laughs> but so now theater is opening up again. Yeah. And I want to audition. And I yes. just want to see, like, like see what it's like. Because when I was younger, I, I was younger, first yeah. of all, didn't have yeah. as much life experience. My, my relationship with my identity was different. As I was auditioning, I was also like, in the middle of an eating disorder and body dysmorphia, which will also fuck you up. I can say fuck on this podcast. You can, uh, you can fucking say fuck for sure. Okay, great. Cool. And I'm not attached. Like someone said to me the other day, like, so, so what's the ideal situation for you? Like, what would you want? Like, would you want to be on Broadway? And I'm like, I don't know, like get into something like that's yeah. the ideal situation. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just want to, I just want to try it. I just want to see, and I want to see how my body literally responds to it because see, like if I get panic attacks again, yeah. like I used to yeah. when I was 22 and auditioning, but I talked to a friend of mine who has been on Broadway for a very long time. And obviously like they have not been performing for the last year plus. And they said to me, that because I, I shared this with them and they were like honestly I feel like you're gonna be more interesting yep to people in the room who are casting whatever you're auditioning for because you are a a fully formed person and b and and they meant this in like the best way possible like you just don't fucking care yep like yep. your life will go on past this thing. And I, I, I'm just really excited to see what happens without the need to, the need to get into anything, the need to tell anybody about it, the need for it to define my career. Like I have multiple careers in addition to this, but back to your point of like, what's in alignment and what is, what do you do? Like, just so that, you know, you can do it. Yeah. Um, or because you're rebelling. Like, I feel as if this is what feels in alignment with me right now for who I am, whether it's, whether I want to do this just to see if I can do it. TBD. Yeah. I will see if I get into a show and I end up hating it, like, then I won't audition anymore. It's just as easy as that. Um, but I, I really believe, especially for people who, like, I imagine you've been for the majority of your life, I have definitely been, whether you want to call it intuitive, whether you want to call it highly self-aware or just like a professional noticer, that has been mm. me my whole life. I mm. was the kid who like my mom would say, my back is hurting. And I put my hand on the exact place in her back and like start, and she's like, how did you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I I just knew. Like Mm -hmm. I've always, I've always known at my core 
what is the next right thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that now in my 30s, I just have such a, a loyalty mm-hmm. to that. And and I, I think that I've always known, like, you're going to audition one day in New York. Like, I was in editor for an online publication for a while. And when I was younger, it was like, oh, I'd love to be an editor of a magazine. Did I go to journalism school? No, (laughs) like I did none of that. I'm doing so many of the things now, like with want, even with women against negative talk with the platform that I launched it back in 2015, early 2015. I thought of the concept back in 2007. Wow. Yeah. Michelle, when I say I launched it in 2007, 2008, it's like I made t-shirts. I made t-shirts and I had someone I went to high school with make a website. And then I didn't know what to do with it because it was, it was what I needed in the moment. And Mm -hmm. so it sort of just fizzled out and fell away from my life. But that's another thing. Like I knew that I was onto something. And if I think of all of the things that I'm interested in, the close relationships that I have in my life, my life personally, professionally, the intersection of both of them. I have always known throughout my life. I think that my, what I've come to realize is that my life is right on time. Mm. My logic just sort of jumps the gun. (laughs) Like my, my logic, my brain gets to it before my life does, Mm -hmm. which is something that I've been told multiple times in multiple different instances that like, yes, you're on the right path. It's going to take some time. And now knowing that it's sort of, it's like this big full body exhale of, of like, no, I'm going to do all the things that I know I'm supposed to be doing in some capacity. Mm -hmm. but whether they look exactly like I think that they're supposed to look or they happen when I think they should happen Mm -hmm. that you have zero control over. So just keep showing up. Dude, because it's true. Like you, we don't have any control. All that we can control is how much we're enjoying this ride and, Mm -hmm. and enjoyment can look so many different ways, right? It can mean like feeling the most, it can mean having the most fun. It can mean like feeling the most on your path by like acting in the way that you want to be. But really we're just like kind of along for this ride. And that can be very intimidating and scary for those of us who are perfectionists or who really desire experiences or, or outcomes and are motivated by getting certain outcomes. It can be mm-hmm. scary to know that that's out of your control. That's how I always felt when I was auditioning and as yeah. a dancer, you know, like, ugh, I know that this isn't personal. It's not about me if I don't get this thing and I have to be cool and breezy. And that's actually what's going to make me more magnetic. But how the fuck am I supposed to be breezy? If like uh, the reason someone's rejecting me is because my thighs are too big and I know it's not personal, but it's kind of personal and right. Like it's my body. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And like, how, how can I be breezy and not care about something that I feel is in my bones exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And that mm-hmm. sort of like unattachment is, or equanimity is like such a mind fuck. It's like, yeah. how do I care and also not care at the same time, knowing that that's what's going to make me the most attractive to the things that want me and the things that are supposed to happen for me, keep me in alignment, but sort of yeah. like get out of the outcome of it all. But yeah. And you said attractive, like if you think of the word attractive, like you are attracting energetically, like a magnet attracting, you are either attracting or detracting or repelling rather things and people and experiences from you. And so how can you, by just being yourself, be that magnetic force you are for the things that are really supposed to stick, which can also be hard when, and I feel like with social media, this has gotten heightened and has spread across industries. When you're surrounded by people who are 
maybe they're scared, maybe they're not sure of themselves, but how it comes out is in this competition Mm. and this judgment and, or this posturing and like, like fluffing up like your feathers of look at me, I'm so great. And I was just watching this kind of silly. I was watching the Cruella movie. Have you seen it? No. Is it good? Okay. It is. I, I enjoyed it so much. And I think part of the reason I enjoyed it so much is because I had low expectations. Uh And I think that'll help why I had low expectations is I thought that it was going to be predictable. And I thought it was going to be predictable because they only show one little sliver of the story in all of the, the previews. Yeah. So like, there's this whole part that you don't even know about going into it if you've watched the previews. And so I just loved it, but there's this line that Emma Thompson says, like, love her. Emma Thompson, she can do no wrong. She truly can. And she says, people who have power don't have to talk about how powerful Mm. they are. And I think that people, it happens a lot in the entertainment industry, which honestly has become a lot of the social media industry, like social media is- And a lot of wellness. Yeah. And a lot of wellness. It's, it's entertainment Mm -hmm. and there's nothing bad with that. Just, I think it's important to recognize it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people or brands talking a lot about how confident they are, how bold they are, how talented they are. And I am all about celebrating yourself, but there's a difference between- knowing that you are that thing and talking about how that manifests in your life or how grateful you are for this trait that you've built up Mm -hmm. and trying to convince people Mm -hmm. that you are that thing. And when I, I mean, you talked about wellness. I think that when I was really, really heavily entrenched in the wellness industry, when I was in performance, it happens in fitness all of the time. I found myself surrounded by not all for, for certain, for certain, there are incredible people in all of these industries, but there were enough people in each of these industries that I was around that it almost, it felt like this, this abrasive energy that Mm -hmm. was, that was repelling me from the situation Mm -hmm. because also true confidence, I believe at least is inclusive, not exclusive. Mm -hmm. True confidence recognizes that they're like more confident and self-assured people in the world, the better Mm -hmm. for the most part. But that, that element of competition and of, I need to be the most confident. I need to be the best. I need to, um, there's only space for a few of us Mm -hmm. that is really tough to take in as someone who is super sensitive to energy, who is very intuitive and who is also very goal oriented. And so I think that while working on being as full of a self as they can be, like also look at your community because I don't think that, I, I always say that, if you want to change the world out there, you have to change your world in here and vice versa. Like we're not meant to, the wellness industry has been very individualistic mm-hmm. for a very long time, especially like the modern wellness industry. And it's not about that. And it's also not about being so others focused that you lose yourself. We need both. We need a self-focus and an other focus, which also makes you ask, how, how am I adding value to this situation? But Mm -hmm. in a way that you also ask, like, how am I getting value from this? You know, that, that value exchange doesn't have to be a a bad or an evil thing. It's, it's literally like the cliche, like you are who you surround yourself with. That energy will dictate a lot in your life. Does that all make sense? It totally makes sense. And I think you're talking about reciprocity, right? And Mm -hmm. the the law of reciprocity, which is one of the universal laws, right? And 
is what we see in nature all the time. And we often conflate, I, I think, and I do this, I do this too, conflate reciprocity with like some sort of, I don't know, transaction. And we think mm-hmm. transactions are bad. Like, right. well, if I'm getting something and giving something in exchange, then it's, that's not human. That's not loving. That's not compassionate. When in reality, like that's not necessarily true. Sure. A transactional relationship can be devoid of human care, but it also can right. be extremely caring. Think about like the most hospitable experience you've ever had at a restaurant or at someone's mm-hmm. home or at a hotel or at an Airbnb. Was that or not- in a relationship? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like that reciprocity is is necessary. We see it in nature all the time. Like mm-hmm. flowers don't just bloom because they make they think people are going to feel good about themselves when they see them. Mm-hmm. Flowers bloom with an expectation that they'll bees will come in and that the the rest of the plant will be in, begin to grow and thrive because of that. There's a there's an, a reciprocal expectation and I think if we can start to embrace that a little bit more, we'll understand that we're part of this communal collective and we'll also mm-hmm. take care of ourselves in a different way while knowing that when I take care of myself, I'm taking care of other people because that helps me pour into others when I'm being hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's a huge part of the reason why I, I don't want to say like, I picked self-talk as my thing. Like, Oh, I had this platter of choices. And I'm like, this is the one that I'm going to choose. And what, but why I feel so strongly about, about people doing the work to, to shift their, their self-talk from reactive mm-hmm. to proactive, because we we think that we all just a we think that the thoughts and feelings that we have a lot of us think that we're alone in them mm-hmm. not only are we not alone but we don't just we don't just learn how to be from the family or community that raised us. Mm -hmm. We learn how to be from all of the people and all of the situations that are swirling around us right here, right now. So Mm -hmm. if I am speaking in a certain way, if I am, you know, it's sort of like the, um, the, the mean girls scene where they're all standing in front of the mirror and they're like, Mm -hmm. my nail beds are Mm -hmm. so gross. Like, we join in with however the other person is talking, right? In in an attempt to connect. It's not out of like, oh, we just, this person is gossiping. So I'm going to gossip too, because we're such mean people. Like really what that is, is what my therapist would call a bid for connection, yes, right? It's social ties. It's just yeah. trying to like connect us, keep us so together. When we shift our self-talk, we're also able to shift the way that we talk out loud and vice versa. It's like mm-hmm. learning Spanish. Like if you want to become mm-hmm. fluent in Spanish, you can't just practice it in your head. You have to practice it with actual human beings. Yes. And you can't just practice with other human beings when you feel like it you also have to be like doing the calculations and the translations in your head to figure out what to say, what to write. Like you have to start to think in that, in that language as well, or at least translate it in that mm-hmm. language. And so I, whenever people say like, just replace this word with this word, I'm like, that's not it. That's, that's the band aid here. Mm-hmm. Because if we're all looking for that bid for, of bid for connection and that sense of socialization and community and also just a, a solid sense of self. Yeah. And we've got to look underneath at the actual information that our internal narrative holds. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be different for every single person. And that also allows us to be responsible with others mm-hmm. and with ourselves because that mm-hmm. eliminates the whole like love and light bullshit yes. of, of like, Oh, well, no, like it'll, it'll just, it'll all get better soon or think more positively, think more positively <laughs> or don't or, read the news or, right, or there's, there's a reason behind color. everything. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there's not a reason behind everything. <laughs> like some things are just awful, awful things. Right. But that to me comes from a place of not actually being aware of the information Mm. that's behind 
those words because someone who says it's all it's all for a reason i don't believe hopefully i don't believe that they're saying it they don't have malintent they they're not saying it to purposely not purposely invalidate your feelings Mm -hmm. they're doing it because maybe they're scared or maybe they don't have the answers and that's the thing that gives them comfort Mm -hmm. and that's really important information to know about yourself like that's like I'm scared I don't know what's happening I don't do well with uncertainty that I believe fosters a, a deeper, more genuine and more productive and proactive conversation than just basically halting the conversation at everything happens for a reason. What you said is so potent. And my partner and I talk about it a lot. My partner has brain cancer and there are so many people who <laughs> in their bed to just like try and connect and, and show love say things like that, that are kind of insensitive, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. ah, that's like the right answer. Um, mm-hmm. That's like what someone with the, with this diagnosis wants to hear. And that's part of the, one of the many reasons I'm going through death doula training is because we need to, I think, normalize the not knowing and like mm-hmm. kind of the suck and the grief of it all. And we're not allowing ourselves the spaciousness to have a full human experience. If we're always trying to know the answer. (laughs) Yeah. And like uh, always trying to be happy. Yeah. And trying to like wrap it up in a bow of like, well, here's why. Oh, I had to experience that sadness because then this great thing happened. We don't always have that insight. (laughs) We often, we often don't get that insight for years and years and years, if ever. And can we be okay with that? Can we be okay knowing that like, maybe I'm just supposed to feel this thing. And it's not supposed to be, to use your word, a value add in my life to sort of like be a test to make me better. What if it just is? And can I like, can I be okay with that? Am I okay enough with myself that that's the truth of what life is right now? Mm, Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer, but I want to have more of those conversations because those to me are way more interesting than like that love and light bullshit and like everything's going to work out just fine the way it's supposed to. Things will work out. They'll work out in some way, but who knows? Who knows if that's the way it's supposed to. And it doesn't leave room for like the nitty gritty nuance of things, Mm -hmm. right? Everything doesn't have to be either good or bad. Yes. Positive or negative or reason or no reason. Sometimes things just are. (laughs) There's the middle, the the nuance and the gray. Yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe there will be a lesson in the future or maybe there won't be. Maybe Mm -hmm. like this will lead to something. Maybe it won't. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's so funny. People, people will say to me often, that I'm like, they'll say that I'm like the positivity person. (laughs) I feel like you'll appreciate this as a fellow, um, strong Scorpio influence. (laughs) I have one friend who calls me, I think her phrase was violently optimistic. (laughs) Like that sounds right. That sounds good. I get that. But I actually, like, I don't, I don't view myself as this like positivity person as, as like in, in terms of happiness, because yeah. a lot of people think of positivity and they think of happiness. They think of smiles. They think of um, good vibes only. Yeah. I don't think of that. I think of positivity as being proactive, not reactive, which also leaves space for you to make the most positive choice possible and also like live in the suck of it. Yes. Like leaves room for things to be tough, leaves room for the not knowing. But if you can be proactive, like one little next step to be proactive instead of reactive and shrinking away or repelling something, then I believe that that's like, that's the best that we can do because mm. happiness is, is so fleeting and it can be so situational mm-hmm. that if we are just waiting for happiness to come, like it's such a crapshoot. 
And I believe that you can literally practice things like gratitude because sometimes gratitude feels like weird to, to say what you're, you're thankful for, or like practice giving compliments. I always say to people, if they have a hard time recognizing their own wins and their own strengths, like say those things out loud to other people, because then you're just getting the language in your brain. I believe that that is more sustainable than trying to do things to make yourself happy. Yes. The happiness will come when it comes, but it might not. And, and that's yeah. okay. Yes, exactly. It, it it might not come exactly when you want it to come, you yeah. know, like your happiness, you might, it might not be just that one note thing of joy. It might actually be tinged with some bittersweetness or some grief or some nostalgia and that complex nuance, right? That middle part. It's not just happy. It's not just sad. It's all the mixed up things in between. Like, there's so much more of that than there are of the extremes. And that's like where the life happens. That's where, again, like that's where we're sort of like pushing our edges. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, what is this? What are these things? What is this that I'm feeling? What is this that I'm experiencing or witnessing? And, and that brings us to the present and that's how we can be. I mean, like you're such a beautiful shining example of how to be present and make choices in the moment for yourself that feel aligned and true. And if that's something that people struggle with, I would urge them to like, I feel like everything that you're saying is to not go to those extremes to try and live in the messy middle and in the nuance Mm -hmm. of it and like work there. Yeah. Hang out there for a little while. Yeah. And like honor where you're at and ask yourself how you can maximize the moment that you're actually in. Mm. Like if you are super, super run down and tired, maximizing the moment you're in, like might not be doing a super grueling workout or, (laughs) or being social. Like it might be taking a nap or, you know, if you don't have the, the time of day and privilege to be able to take a nap during the day, like maybe, maybe that means like doing the most mindless of your work that you Mm -hmm. need to do, like doing Mm -hmm. the stuff that you don't have to bring a lot of mental energy to. And that's fine because like that stuff is also important. Mm -hmm. It's maybe not what you would deem the most productive, but you are actually producing good results because you're working with what you've got. You know, like look at the tools that you have during the day and the, the, the mental and emotional tools and do the best that you can with what you have and the best for what's next, for mm-hmm. what's to come, for like your future self and not just like 30 years from now, future self, like future self tomorrow, mm-hmm. future yes. self like tonight. Yeah. Don't like salt the earth just because you're trying to extract all the juice out of the ground, right? Or out of that fertile soil. Oh, such a good metaphor. You know, you you need that to be regenerative in the future, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. in 10 years from now, in 30 years from now. Yeah. Oh, Katie, I could talk to you forever. Your podcast is so good. Wantcast has changed so much. The podcast has changed so much. And I just love seeing it evolve in real time and feeling, I feel taken care of by you as a listener because of everything that you've said in this conversation, how clear you are and directed you are. That feels like a very like trauma-informed actually place to make content from because I trust you. And I know that you've got your own back. So you've got our backs too. And that feels really, I feel like that's a new paradigm of content creation and you are a leader in it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I mean, I feel like you are you are like high priestess of content creation. So that means so, it means so much coming from anyone, but especially coming from you. I I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Of course. Katie, where can people find you and where do you want them to come hang out with you? Yeah, come hang out with me. Well, I was going to say, come hang out with me anywhere, but don't come and hang out <laughs> maybe, with me maybe not everywhere, not, not everywhere <laughs> but, but lots of places. Yeah. Here are some of them. <laughs> you, can, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Katie Horwich. It's H-O-R-W-I-T. 
T-C-H. I literally- A true witch. witch. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you can also follow Want on Instagram at Women Against Negative Talk. You can find me at katiehorwich.com, womenagainstnegativetalk.com. Subscribe to the Wantcast on iTunes, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I also have a monthly newsletter that I send out called The Good Word. And it's not just a roundup of the stuff that has been published on the site and on the podcast, but it's also links to things that I'm genuinely loving. I know that you do the same with holisticism. Like I don't do sponsorships. I did that for a while, um, not doing it anymore. And so this is just stuff that I feel super strongly about, or I'm really excited to share, do a monthly mixtape, super fun. You can sign up on either of those websites. Love it. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and love ya. We are giving away a spot in our Notion for Magical Bodies system spells this month. So if you review the podcast and you rate, review, subscribe, you take a screenshot and you send the screenshot to the text line below in the show notes, you will be entered to win a spot in Notion for Magical Bodies systems and spells if you really resonated with what I was talking about in the intro about starting something and not being able to finish it or like knowing that about yourself. And so even like preventing yourself from beginning to start something because you're afraid you're not going to be able to finish it and you're going to feel like a failure and like a piece of shit. Hi, you're not a piece of shit. And like, let's let's help you build some systems so that you can take some actions on the things that you're excited about. And like, I don't know, fulfill your sacred work here and in, you know, these human bodies that we've decided to be born into when we were spiritual beings that were omniscient. We we're like, you know what? I think I'm going to have a spirit. I, I'm going to have a human experience. I learn. I want to learn some stuff. I want to try some things out. Also, I would like to try it out in the age of technology. So that is the raffle. That's what you get. And if you are interested in learning more about Notion and you want to kind of have a a quick deep dive, uh, we actually have a cohort launching next week. It's Notion for Magical Baddies, Digital Alters, and social media systems. It's going to be really fun. It's four days of one hour long classes every morning. And we're walking through how to build digital altars and create digital spells in the social media ether, which is this other universe, really. And then create a system to help you support your content creation and the way that you interact and play in that space to keep it fun and keep it light. So it's going to be really good. I'm really excited about it. The whole team's participating. It's going to be fun. We have a ton of people registered already. We just made it live on Sunday night. So if you want to join us, please do. And if you join and you submit your homework for the class by Monday night, which is a couple of days after class ends, you actually get 50 bucks back, which is a really great deal. So we'd love to have you. And if you have any questions, you can shoot us a note at Holisticism on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email, Michelle at oholisticism.com. And I think that's it. Thanks for tuning in. And I will see you on Friday. Bye.